0: going on everybody we are back this is episode 223 of the dark windows podcast my name is kevin you know who i am already he's also kevin yes what if this is the
1: first episode they don't know who you are oh, It's true i'm sorry i'm kevin but if you're starting at episode 223 um you should like, go back to go back a couple yeah don't go back to one i'm saying no
0: no i mean you can but like if you want to uh, hear us be like super fucking awkward and 100 stuff. maybe yeah uh fifty ish okay, yeah, go back to fifty and start from there. It'll give you some shit to do. um then you go on our patreon and there's a few episodes there, so
1: um, we're really fucking awkward there,
0: yeah, so this this episode's actually kind of tied into a previous episode sort of because it's a very similar situation with a very similar group, but a completely different outcome. um
1: please explain, okay, so. <laughs>
0: Again, if you go back and listen to some of our older episodes, we did cover the uh, the Munich Olympics, where yeah. the Israeli team got taken hostage and fucking massacred by a bunch of Palestinians, and so it's a, it's a similar situation, but it's. Uh... I wasn't here for that episode. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> all th- All three of us were on for those.
1: Are you fact. sure? Yeah,
0: hundred percent. You sh- I, I did. It was a three part episode. I did, dude.
1: I don't remember it. God damn. <laughs> Fuck so, it.
0: We're headed back to the UK. Which obviously has nothing to do with Israel or Palestine. Um, I mean, in the grand might, scheme of things it, it does. But, um, there's but, a strong
1: possibility it could, but I, I wouldn't discount it.
0: Well, if you think about it you, know, it, you want to go back far enough, then technically at one point in time, an Englishman ruled Israel. So, yeah, go back far, far enough.
1: Like, so did a sultan. Like crusade times. So did a fucking Roman. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people ruled Israel. Yeah. And it wasn't Israel at the time.
0: I no, it wasn't. It was just fucking uh, It was
1: uh Judea. Yeah. Well, when Yeah, it was Judea. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The Crusades are fun, but like I feel like you have to be super careful when you, you start looking into stuff because there's not really any neutral side to people that are <laughs> that are like researching the Crusades. It's like you either have people that are like super fucking Christian that are like, oh, we were doing the right thing. Or you have, like, the other side where they're like, oh, man, the Christians came in here and just fucked everything up. We had to fight them a bunch. Um,
1: well, I think that's... Then you got the
0: Jews stuck in the middle that nobody liked at the time.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of the Jews didn't live there, so...
0: No, but, like, the, the ones that were there, you know.
1: I mean, but... Like the, the, the OG desert Jews. But a lot of the... Uh, uh, it was a lot of uh, uh, Muslims and, you know...
0: Technically Saracens, I guess. Mohammedans. Would have been another term they would have used.
1: Well, damn they have they're they're Muslim, they're you know yeah. Islamic, so but they but they uh, you know they had lived there ever since. Well, the Jews were removed yeah. by the Romans, not their fault. You know, I mean, hey, you snooze, you lose, motherfucker. It's kind of it's kind of how our our species works, is you know. But I mean, that whole like, that whole time period is definitely one of those situations of. Like what you said, you have to take it with a grain of salt yeah. pretty much because it's either. I don't know if it's the side of the winners telling the story. There was no winners. Really, yeah. Nobody fucking won. <laughs> but it, but it's the side of like what you said, you know, you got the Christian, you know, like say the left and the right. Yeah. You know, the left is the fucking Christian Catholics, whatever. And then the right is the Islamic, you know. Yeah. Faith that's saying, Hey, motherfuckers, you know, solid in here, speaking up, going, Hey, fuck you, you came into my shit. You came into my house. Yeah. Saying, Oh, this is our holy land. We're taking it back kiss my ass. You know. Listen, you your people left some five foot six brown dude was
0: born here in July,
1: so we're coming in in December, bitch, it's ours. <laughs> yeah, your people fucking left. We had kinda been here, sorta maybe and we just pushed in because we were told, hey, listen, um, nobody likes us, so we're in the fuck in here. You want to put yourself in a real pickle? If you're, like, super
0: on the side of the Christians, you also kind of have to root for one of the scariest people that has ever existed. Because he was technically one of the good guys, and he was, like, the first line of defense when it came to Muslims invading Europe. And that would be Vlad the Impaler because <laughs> they had to come through fucking Wallachia to get into, like, mainland Europe, and he's like, ha, 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 I'm gonna nail your fucking shit to your heads. Yeah, yeah, he was... And I'm, I'm gonna make a forest I of your it. corpses and eat bread dipped in your blood at my but table. But the problem
1: is, was he was too much even for the... Exactly. Catholics.
0: Exactly. We're just like, oh man, I'm glad he's on our side, but he's a huge piece of shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we like this, but yeah, we don't like it at the same time.
0: And then we're like, man, the Templars are really cool until they you you know use their, you know, come to the end of their usefulness, and they're like, ah, worshiping the devil. You better go to that
1: fucking little island in Canada. <laughs> yeah. You, you. Or they were told they were, were. You must be worshiping. You guys. You guys were doing. You know. Worshiping the devil you guys are doing That's bad where the whole shit that thing came from you know and and um well hmm, we're gonna have to kill you yeah <laughs> so uh no, we're gonna
0: leave i think uh see you bye <laughs> well, we're taking of them, all
1: of our shit with us a lot of them died though yeah on uh oak island no 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 uh what's <laughs> friday, the f- of the 13th. friday the 13th yeah.
0: which is why it's supposedly a bad luck day yeah also a bad movie franchise but you yeah. know uh, after the first couple, it was a bad movie franchise.
1: I won't say that the we're... first the first four were good. After I, that, they were all dog shit. I'm not gonna say what I you know you don't really would say because you know I'm just offensive. And... Yeah, it's like Halloween. Yeah. The
0: first two are good, and after that, they've been
1: dog shit. Uh, actually, the last ones were. I don't were care. Really good. I don't care. Jamie Lee Curtis
0: is 85 years old. No, but if, the, the if last... fucking
1: osteoporosis hasn't gotten her yet, neither's Michael. So the last ones, were, the last <sighs> movies, I don't care what you say. That's you, fine. You haven't seen them, probably. No, because I don't want to, because I think they're going to be bad. No, they're actually really, really good. It actually cuts out uh, after the first two. It says the first first two happened. Everything else did not happen. So it was just a fucking fever dream for 30 years of bad movies. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's it, basically what it, what what the guy did. He's like, listen, this shit did the not guy, happen. You
0: mean John Carpenter? No, f-
1: not John Carpenter. John Carpenter did not direct these Okay. Um, it's uh, another guy. Um, no, he uh, it's a, he just basically said, "Hey, the kind of like Rob Zombie. People shit on the Rob Zombie ones, and they were good." You know I'm saying like Rob Zombie. Okay, he took what the first one and yeah. said, "Hey, it's done." After then the he did the second one. Well, okay. At, I'm sorry. After the second one, he said, "One and two done." After one yeah. and two. That's it. Done. What he should have done is he should have taken the franchise and done it the way John
0: Carpenter was originally going to, where there were going to be a different movie every year. I know. Because if you look at Halloween 3, in the context of it being a Halloween movie, it's stupid and makes no sense. If you watch it not knowing the other two movies exist, it's really good.
1: I really didn't like it.
0: Because you watch it as a fucking Michael Myers fan. No. If you watch it, just go, this isn't bad.
1: No, I watched it as a non... uh, As you said... I I did actually, at Halloween time, I did actually try to watch it as a non-Michael Myers, fanny, groupie, whatever you want to fucking call it, fanboy, okay? I tried to watch it as its own show, and I still, I just don't like it. You've, you've watched worse horror movies, though. Um, yeah. True. Yeah. Way worse. I'm not saying it was terrible, I'm just saying I couldn't. I don't know. I just didn't like it very much.
0: Okay, so we went
1: from the fucking Crusades to Halloween. We did. So. <laughs> but let's wrap this back yeah. around. So we're in. We're in the UK. UK. U- Ukraine. UK. UK? UK. England. England. I thought you said Ukraine. So to get where we're at in the UK
0: in 1980, we kind of have to go back a little bit in time. You love your fucking flashbacks. Hold on. Be <laughs> Because you can't just jump into the situation. You have to have the background as to why this is happening. You're doing your Scooby-Doo fucking. Because if I did, if I was like, okay, well, hey, let's just jump right into the thing. This is a page and a half long, pretty much. It's, it's super fucking quick. But if you don't understand why the events are about to take place, it doesn't make any sense. I understand. I'm just saying you love your little flashback. I do. Your little fucking Scooby-Doo moment. <laughs> oh, no. He likes to do research and look at history. What a dickhead. Or is
1: it Or is it the uh, Wayne's World? That's the Wayne's World one
0: that you're doing, yeah. Um, so we, it kind of goes back to the Iranian Revolution of 1979. Um, could do a full episode, like, super in-depth about that. But I don't think we need to because I did pretty good here. Um so the the Pahlavi dynasty which has controlled Iran for about 54 years from 1925 up until 1979 they were western backed when i say western backed i mean um well we'll get there um but they were western backed for quite some time um not just the US the US was feeding money and influence into the area to try to westernize mm-hmm. you know
1: which they really were cuz i guess it was really like
0: Oh dude Oh, but you see pictures of fucking Iran in like 1977, it looks like fucking LA with just
1: brown people instead because they're what women weren't were not were didn't have to wear a hijab and no, they you know, were like going
0: to school and wearing like dresses or, well, and
1: shit. Well, no, in hijab, burqa, yeah. they well, Cuz they, they don't have to wear the face cover. They just have, they wear have the to wear the scarf. The head covering. Yeah, I mean, that's Iran. that's part of the belief, which is yeah. whatever. Um, but they didn't have to you, well, do the full... Uh, what's that fucking called? That's a burqa. The full... No, 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 no. But the whole... The like, full shooting match is a burqa.
0: Yeah, but... The hijab is just the face mask thing. You know, but,
1: there's there's a, a term for it, I though. can't remember
0: what it is, but... So,
1: like, Iran... It's like the, the whole... Like, you have to, like, cover your fucking... You can't have, like, maybe just your hands showing. But
0: Ir- Iran's different. They don't... You don't have to have the... They don't have to wear a face cover. They just have to wear, like, the head thing. I thought they did. No. No, no, no. No. Because mm. Iran's technically Persian
1: because I know they're going through a, a bit of a thing right now.
0: A bit of a th- Yeah, they're, like, killing college kids for fucking protesting.
1: Yeah, but, yeah. like... Because it, it, I guess, like, they're... I didn't know this until uh,
0: the... Iran the, is a um, fucking
1: mess. Till the uh, World Cup. Like, there were... Something was being done. There's a... Something... That pe- others were taking a part in. Because some, and, some and young uh, girl got killed by the... No, no, no. What I'm saying is that, like... The other team was doing something, and the Iranians were like, we're not going to do that because we're in protest against um, our country right. right now because we don't like what our country is doing. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, so there's some shit going on in Iran. Yeah, okay, so cool. I guess
0: some young girl decided she didn't want to do the whole traditional Muslim dress thing and, like, fucking government agents killed her. And people started protesting it, and they've just been fucking killing people in the streets at protests. Wow. Dude, we're talking like not even, not even like beanbags and and tear gas at protests. Live fucking rounds. No, Just shooting motherfuckers.
1: No, see, that is the reason for why women in this country and other countries should be in an uproar right there. Boom. Not even women. Everyone. Yeah. Our our women basketball
0: players don't make as much money because they don't have as high of an audience. That's not fair.
1: It's perfectly fair, unfortunately. But you know what? What, is, what isn't fair? is the women's soccer team not making as much money.
0: So obviously the U.S. is feeding money and influence into the area yeah. of Iran, much like we're doing Ukraine now. Um, but the Brits, being the world monarchy champions for fucking ever, um, sweep in at around 1921 to help with some... Dynamic, uh, I'm sorry, dynastic pointers and empire building advice for the Iranians. In 1941, the Brits, uh, the Brits and Russians forced Reza Shah into exile and put his son Mohammad Reza Pahlavi on the hot seat. And okay. these are both two countries here that know a thing or two about uh, being run by inbreds. Um Not Iran, England, and Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1953, among uh, in the midst well, of a
1: England, Russia, and Germany.
0: Yeah, because they're all related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in 1953, amid a power struggle be, uh, between Mohammad Reza uh, Shah and the Prime Minister Muhammad <sighs> Mezogda, uh the CIA and MI6 totally didn't, because they never would even consider doing something, but somebody, oh. shadowy figures here, uh-huh. orchestrate a coup against a... Uh, the prime minister's government. And about a decade later, the Shah would, uh, would shit can parliament and launch what was called the white revolution, which really ramped up in the modernization of the country. This is where you get to see Iran turn more into a Western country. Women are driving fucking, uh, holy shit. Imagine that getting educations and shit. Yeah. How dare they? Yeah. He's uppity bitches going to class, learning how to read and whatnot. Um, so this turns the entire system that's been in place since fucking time and memoriam in Iran on its head. Mm-hmm. The, traditionally, uh, the traditionally rich are now closer to, you know, like working class because the farming land that was not available. Uh, I'm sorry, because there's farming land that's now available outside of the expanding cities. that's worth a ton of money. So we flip flopped here. People that were living in the cities, making all this money, selling oil and all this other shit. Are now closer to working class and the people that have all this land where they're controlling the food and all that stuff making money because, you know, Um, so with the land reform law, the government came in and forced families off of the land they've owned for generations and the land is quote unquote redistributed into smaller chunks for smaller farms. So these people that own these giant farms are being thrown off of their property, and it's being broken up to smaller farms, and other people are buying it. So now instead of taxing one giant thing, you're taxing a dozen
1: smaller things. So it's almost uh, socialism. It's probably closer to communism. No. It's, a little bit. It's more socialism. Because um, the government's saying that they're doing what they're, what's best for you. Yeah. Communism. Our I mean, land. Co- co- oh, oh, not your well, land, our well, land What we think is communism isn't really communism So let's not, uh, you know Let's just, you know, call it socialism Because it really is, that's what it is It's not Well, either way, it doesn't work in this situation It doesn't work ever, ever. <laughs> So the plan, obviously Well, it does work because we have fucking Venezuela Look at Venezuela who's socialist <laughs> Oh, you mean where
0: they're like breaking into Zeus To fucking kill animals for meat and stuff? Yeah.
1: Yeah Fuck okay. it
0: we're next door to the World Cup winners, though.
1: Hey,
0: hey! <laughs> Fuck England, right? Um, so the plan didn't go as well as you may expect. Um, when you take w- land away from people that know how to work it and you give it to people that have never done it before, it fails. Yeah. Ta-da. Shocker. Um, so with the failure of all these small farms, people start fleeing back into the, the big cities. Mm-hmm. Um, Tehran in particular. That's your biggest city. That's where it's all the fucking land around there is dotted with little farms and people are just flooding back in. This completely flips Iran on its head again, which tr- uh, where tradition has been for young men to find a wife and tend the family farm. Now young people are going into the cities and taking like other jobs.
1: Doesn't it sound familiar? Weird, right? That, that sounds truly familiar to you, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, kind of like what we had. Yeah. In this country, you know, like, you know, people are like, ah, "Fuck farming," I'm gonna go do this yeah. because you know we don't know farm anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna go to college and get a degree that's not worth anything. <clears throat> well, I'm I'm talking I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about like, you know, like way before.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's same concept basically, though.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. Or you get told, "Hey, this is what you have to do because you have to go." Who, ne- farm. who needs
0: to farm? I get my meat from the grocery store.
1: Yeah, um. Exactly. Because that, that meat doesn't come from a farm. Yeah,
0: I don't know where I'd even find tofu in the wild. Uh, so things are now getting more liberal with, like, the Western backing, and this obviously includes things for women. Um, they're trading in their traditional dress. They're taking up more Western style where they're wearing, like... when you, When I say skirts, I don't mean, like... You're going out to the club and everybody can smell your breakfast skirt. I mean, like below your knee skirt, mm-hmm. you know, and like heels and fucking like nice shirts and stuff like that.
1: Well, This is 1920s.
0: No, this is this is in the really? 60s. Oh, this this well, is going still, on. <clears throat> yeah,
1: even 60s. Yeah, it. You know, people wearing a wearing a, a skirt or a dress <clears throat> or a skirt. I'm sorry, wearing a skirt was that just wasn't heard of? I mean, here it wasn't a big deal. Uh, I think it was. Well,
0: no, because you had like the fucking sock hops and shit, where like girls were... had the
1: like fucking poodle on their skirt and shit. Yeah, but th- they were below their knees. That's so.
0: what I'm saying. Is I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying skirts where like you can, you know, fucking where it looks like you wrapped a denim scarf around your waist. You know, that's oh. that's denim underwear. That's not a skirt. Or I'm, t- I'm talking like a skirt, like just maybe just above the knee or below the knee, not like a dress where it's down to your feet.
1: You know. Well, no, I mean, well, yeah, okay, I wasn't talking about like the short skirt either. Cause... Well,
0: when people think skirts now, they're like, oh yeah, where I can see somebody's asshole from like a mile yeah, and a half away. No, yeah, that's, that's not, not a what skirt.
1: I was, I was thinking like, you know, at the knee, yeah, or just above the knee. Which, yeah, that's which people women didn't have that around here very much. I mean, it wasn't until like the seventies. I mean, around here,
0: no, because they were
1: all fucking farming and shit. No, but I'm talking a- anywhere. It was you know. Still, still a different time frame for even women. Right. So,
0: <clears throat> this is something... <clears throat> oh, damn. This is something that the old Shia men don't like. Well, fuck no. <laughs> because everybody thinks that, like, fundamentalist Christians are cranky about stuff. Go, go to the Middle East and do something that they don't approve of. Because uh, they will uh, th- throw rocks at you until you're dead. Mm-hmm. Or throw you off a roof. So... Um, LGBT community—they're not your friends.
1: Okay. <laughs> Don't let the news fool you. Um, if, if if people just look back on our history, you know, it's not. Here's too far. the thing, though: is we progressed. Far. It's because people think pe- people pushed a lot of things. Yeah,
0: yeah. You have to have shit change. I mean, not like this, where it's like it
1: goes from. We'll get there. Um, well, we we also made a country. We we are here in a country where we said, hey religion has no part there. Religion has a part,
0: right? Well, this, at this point in time, it's, it's being a little bit more relaxed because it's more like the sixties and seventies. There is more like it is kind of here today Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, do your thing, whatever. Um, so I mean, there's pictures of of the streets in 1960s Tehran where it looks like it could have been fucking New York or London or LA completely different than what you see now where it's, you know, much more quote unquote traditional, Mm. um, People are fucking partying, you know, they're wearing quote unquote immoral clothing such as blue jeans and fucking silk shirts and, you know, everybody's partying, they're having a good time and then 1977 rolls around and shit kicks off. So the first half of the year is filled with journalists, lawyers, intellectuals and activists posting open letters criticizing the monarchy. Fair. You know, why do we need a monarchy? Why can't we vote on who's in charge of the country? Who cares who fucking birthed you, you know? If you're a good enough leader, run, you know? It, yeah, it was it, technically it was a monarchy. Yeah, because it was a dynastic family that ran the country. Hmm. So. Um, so October saw a 10 night poetry festival, which sounds really, really intense at the Goeth uh, Institute in Tehran, which drew thousands of people to thousands of people to hear speeches being critical of the government and, you know, hmm. the whole system. Probably the biggest kickstart would be on October 23rd when Mustafa Khomeini died in Najaf, uh, Iraq, for, uh, of, of unknown reasoning. Um, that last name ringing a bell for you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, okay. So that's because yeah. his father is Ayatollah Rahola Khomeini, mm-hmm. who had been in exile since 1963 for leading protests against the modernization of the country. Some other stuff happens. The Shah visits Washington, D.C. to speak with Jimmy Carter. Uh, Peanuts were had. A group of Iranian students got tear gassed outside of the protest. um, Because they had followed him and then protested at the White House. And they were just like, ha ha ha, CS gas.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Protest, brown people, get the fuck out of my streets. You know. This is a city where you're not allowed to feed the homeless, so... Uh, In 1978, it gets really interesting. The Shah ordered the largest paper in the country to write a front page article basically explaining how Khomeini can suck eggs. And, uh, you know, he's a big old bitch. He might have that beard and the fucking whatever the thing is on his head. He's a bitch. Don't Mm -hmm. let him fool you. This leads to the largest bazaar in Qom shutting down a protest of the treatment of the holy man. Thousands gathered at the bazaar and protest. and protested, which turned into riots, which led to five people being killed by security forces. So, you know, Iran don't fuck around when it comes to protests. You you don't you don't have the right to public assembly and protests like you do here. Because there, they won't shoot you with rubber bullets or tear gas. They just bring out the AKs and they're like, "All right, fucker, how A fast lot of Places are you? they don't,
1: yeah, they don't fuck around. Yeah, but it's uh, fuck around, find out.
0: Yeah, but you know. United States sucks. I'll go somewhere like this where you know I'll be treated fairly. No, you won't. They don't care. They don't like you either. So maybe it's your shitty personality that makes people not like you. You ever think of that? No. Okay.
1: No, I, it's, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> um. So obviously these people. Because I'm an asshole. No, not you. Oh, I mean... oh. You weren't talking about no, me. No, I'm talking.
0: <laughs> oh. Talking the people of a generation or two below us that Could you are not just. Not see. I was. My eyes were starting to bother me. Fucking old man. Get off my lawn. Um, (laughs) So obviously with all these deaths at the bazaar, rug sales would plummet for the rest of the week. More violent uh, protests kicked off around the country after a student was killed during the time of mourning for the losses at the bazaar. So we're we're out here doing a a public mourning kind of national funeral thing. And somebody says something. (laughs) He gets fucking domed with an AK from across the street by some dickhead with a mustache. So... In June of 1978, the head of SAVAK, S-A-V-A-K, which is an acronym for words that I can't pronounce because I can't read it because it's got a bunch of different swirly shits in it, Um, basically the Iranian secret police. Um, So the head of that was replaced, and the first thing the new guy did was order the release of 300 detained and exiled clerics. Guess whose pocket he's in? Him and the Ayatollah, are buddies. Oh, oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, they've met before. Have they? Yeah. Once or twice? Yeah. So once the newly released cleric, uh, I'm sorry, one of the newly released clerics was killed uh, in a quote-unquote road incident, which caused even more protests and deaths. The biggest loss of life so far took place on August, uh, in August of that year, where four hundred and seventy-seven people were killed in the Cinema Rex in uh, Abada uh, when that was deliberately set on fire. Uh, so yeah, a bunch of people went in to watch a movie, and some asshole set the theater on fire. Um, nice. Yeah. So a lot of people lay, laid the blame on Savic, um, but after the revolution, um, in a, an Islamic, in Islamic. Um, fundamentalist, I guess would be the word, uh, came forward and admitted to the arson and faced no punishments for it. Well, you know, whatever. Um, on September 7th, the Shah declares martial law and, uh, security forces would open fire on protest, uh, protesters killing over a hundred in an event that would be nicknamed black Friday. Mm. Um, nobody's buying a TV that day though. Just getting shot a bunch. So by September, there are protests in pretty much every major city in Iran, with millions of people calling for the removal of the Shah and the return of Ayatollah Khomeini. So these are people that are like, well, see what, look what happened. We did this shit, and now people are getting fucking killed in movie theaters. People are protesting and being dickheads and getting shot for it. Maybe it's time we go back to the old way and just really fucking buckle down on this religious dominance of our country that's been around forever. Mm. See, we tried to change. So kind of parallel to what's going on in Iran now, where it's like, yeah, let's try to change, and like,
1: Mm-mm. no sir, we'll kill you. Or maybe that was the plan all along, to let them change, but we're gonna do this to make push them to say, hey. I'm not saying that the
0: CIA had anything to do with Ayatollah Khomeini being returned, but I think they might have. Because uh, like, did. yeah, because you know, we we got rid of a dictator, we installed another one, and went. Eh. Eh. he's doing he's doing shit the way we want him to but not really at the same time so it's too early to fuck with noriega so we'll back to iran oh my God. our government fucking sucks <laughs> um so bringing the cleric back to power would revert the progress made by the previous revolution um A quote-unquote security force was established to enforce mandatory head-and-face coverings for women. And the...
1: Sharia law. Yeah,
0: and then any other rights that ladies had enjoyed in Iran for the past decade or so? uh, Gone.
1: Yeah. You're
0: not driving anymore. You're not going to school anymore. Sorry. Remember that whole you were not property for a little bit? Turns out you are. Yeah. Surprise! Uh... Iran has become. Uh, Iran had now become an Islamic state that would adhere to the tenets of Islam and punish those who didn't. November of 1979 would see the Iranian hostage crisis, where protesters overran the U.S. embassy and took a bunch of hostages. The hostage situation ended up working out better, pretty much better than anybody really would have explained. How they, you know, that it it worked, it worked better than it should have. Uh huh. Um, because that was the whole. Like Jimmy Carter leaving office and Ronald Reagan coming into office, and the two of them actually working together, like across party lines, to get this shit squared away. Yeah, which I mean, you can you imagine if we could do that now, without people just you know yeah right fucking calling names and you know ain't gonna happen. no God no. Um, so fast forward to 1980 to a much different place. We're headed to London. April thirtieth of 1980, six... well, Hold on, did you say it? What year was the uh... nineteen seventy nine? So we're just we're just jumping forward a few months. Yeah, but what year was
1: the uh... the hostage crisis was yeah. seventy nine? Okay, so uh, so Carter was still in office. Yeah,
0: but he was he was leaving office in nineteen eighty because that's when Ronald Reagan took over. Was the yeah. beginning of eighty? No, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronald Reagan was in office in nineteen eighty. He took office in nineteen eighty.
1: Because uh, Carter was office, was in office when I was born.
0: Right. But the, the inauguration was later in the year back then. So so Jimmy Carter, because he had had two terms, I believe, so he couldn't run again. No, well, he only had one. Okay. Well, he lost to Reagan in the primaries, and then they kind of put their heads together to figure out this, to get our people set free. Which, I mean, when you have a guy with dementia... And the guy that farmed peanuts and now just is a billion years old and still does Habitat for Humanity,
1: get shit done. <laughs> he didn't have dementia back then.
0: Ronald Reagan. Yeah, it was pretty pretty early onset of it. No, because like by 1983 he was basically like worse than Joe Biden is now.
1: No, he
0: was not. That's true.
1: He was Joe not. Biden's pretty bad. <laughs> he wasn't even he wasn't even close. It wasn't until like because he only had one much. term. He he Who? was only in until '84, wasn't he? Who Reagan? No. Reagan had two. Oh, no shit. Okay. We had two-term Reagan, two-term Bush, two-term Clinton, two-term Bush. Those uh, last two were unfortunate. Uh, two-term Obama. Didn't help much. And then we've had one-term Trump. And hold on. And one-term Biden. Possibly. <laughs> I'm
0: knocking on all the wood.
1: You know, I mean, that's... That,
0: And no, I'm I'm not a Trump guy. I don't think he should run for president again. I don't know if he should have run for president in the first place. He is running for president. Yeah, but he probably shouldn't because he's kind of an idiot. Uh, I think people are. Yeah, they're sick of him. I kind of like Ron DeSantis. He's got some balls. Yeah. You know, kind of like him. Not a Republican guy, but uh, but if it comes down to him,
1: I kind of like him. he's um, He's not your typical Republican guy. No, no, he's not. You know, he actually uh, m- makes me kind of go, hmm, you know, I mean, oh, like more the middle of the road, you know, hey, I want to see a fucking person that's, you know, middle of the road, fucking can see both sides of the fucking, you know, over both sides of the fence. I usually just vote Libertarian. It's easier that way. Yeah. Well, you get told that, you know, I voted Libertarian and I got told I wasted my vote. Okay. Because I didn't vote for the popular, too.
0: If you don't vote for a Democrat in the state of Vermont, you're wasting your vote. Basically. I don't give a fuck. Including our governor, who's a...
1: He's a rhino. He's
0: a Republican, but... Uh, yeah, He's a rhino. He sure likes gun laws. Piece of shit. Big-nosed rep- fuck.
1: He's a Republican in name only. Yeah. A rhino.
0: I can't race my race car anymore because people are mean to me at the track. Maybe because the people that put you in office, you turned your back on them, have just been a total prick to them. Maybe that's why. Get in your car. I want to see somebody put you in the fucking... It just nose your ass to turn three of Thunder Road. That'd be great. You don't
1: need your weapons.
0: Yeah. You don't need your giant fucking nose either, Phil. Dink. Um, so we're going to hop forward to 1980, uh, up into uh, London, which is in England. It is. Britain. Great Britain. Ah. It, I mean, yeah, Britain. <laughs> <laughs> great it might be an over overreaction here. Um, April 30th, 1980. Six members of the and this the Democratic Revolutionary Front of the Liberation of, Arab, of Arabistan, the DRFLA,
1: because wow. it's
0: the 80s and every fucking group like this has to have an acronym.
1: Okay, that bloom, yeah, yeah. No, I could not, I'm not gonna be able to remember. Well, you had yeah, like the PL, like every fucking like PLO, every like. Palestinian liberation. Yeah, every
0: Middle Eastern terrorist organization had to have a fucking acronym. But they only
1: went by PLO. Or, well, there.
0: Well, yeah, there were the people's uh, people's liberation of whatever the fuck,
1: or is it Palestinian? Whatever.
0: And then there was uh, there was another one that started with a D that had like fucking six letters in it, and the, the ones that the fucking Contras were hooked up with. Ah, uh. yeah, those guys. Um. So these these six uh, gentlemen. Leave their shared apartment in Kensington, London, which I think is one of the nicer parts of London, if I'm not mistaken. I have never been there. I have no intention of going there. Like if I do end up because if I go, I've already got it planned. If I go to the British Isles, if I go to the British Isles, I'm not going to any of the big cities. I want to go just out, you know, staff the moors, stick to the road, that kind of area, Eh. you know. I mean... I don't want to go to London. I've been on a fucking two-decker bus. I don't give a shit. It's kind of cool, though. I need to get acid thrown in my face by a fucking 15-year-old. I don't have the right to shoot back. Eh. Or stabbed by a child.
1: You could get stabbed by a child here. Yeah, but
0: you're more likely to to get stabbed by a child in England. You're more likely to get shot by a child here. And I'd rather get shot by a child, because here I can shoot back. Little bastards. Um, If
1: you have... Your weapon issue, if
0: am just saying, if. if
1: silly, you know,
0: um, you so, could be in New York and you wouldn't have it. First of all, no, I wouldn't be in New York because that state sucks all kinds of ass. I know, like I know we have listeners in New York and I have family in New York, and I apologize, but your state's garbage. Same with Massachusetts. <sighs> yeah. So, so these guys leave their uh, leave their shared apartment. They spoke to the landlord and they told him that someone would be along to pack up all of their stuff and ship it back to Iraq where they were headed. Um, but they were going on vacation first. You know, we're going to go over here. We're going to go to fucking, I think it was Syria for something for on vacation. Then we're going home to Iraq. Mm -hmm. Somebody will be by to collect our things and ship them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So they did the very familiar feeling thing that pretty much all Islamic terrorists kind of do leading up to an attack is, uh, they kind of assimilate. They go out wherever they're going. Okay. You know, where, wherever they are, they'll go out. They're drinking. They're fucking around with local women. They're just, you know, they're partying. You know, when, you know, which is kind of completely against their culture and religion. But, you know, when in Rome or London in this case, just uh, do it. So they make a few stops on their way across town. Uh, they pick up some party favors uh, four automatic pistols. Two submachine guns. Well, when I say automatic pistols, I mean, um, semi. basically, an automatic pistol is a semi-automatic pistol because it reloads automatically. You fire, it reloads, and then you have to pull the trigger again. They consider it an automatic pistol. Fucking stupid because it's a semi-automatic rifle or an automatic pistol. It does the same thing. Um, Two submachine guns, which by, (laughs) it's an auto-loading pistol. Like a glo- uh, yeah, yeah, my brain just went boof. Yeah, my gun <laughs> autism kicked in because um, I just went what? So so like your Glock, my Glock, I know, is an automatic loading pistol. So they considered an automatic pistol.
1: It's not an automatic pistol. Whatever. Automatic pistol means it fires multiple rounds at once. So the the two submachine guns
0: that they pick up are scorpions, Ooh. which are dog shit. Unless Ah. you're like within 10 feet of someone. Oh, they are fucking garbage, my friend. You have never shot a scorpion. I have watched many people shoot them, and you can't hit a fucking paper target at 20 feet with it.
1: Well, you gotta be good. God damn
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch fucking like Garand Thumb on YouTube shoot them and go, These are dog shit. Maybe he didn't. Oh, oh, yeah, because they were good in fucking Rainbow Six Vegas. So what? (laughs) Fucking douche. The scorpion. (laughs) uh, They pick up a revolver. Uh, some boxes of ammo and uh, just a couple of grenades. No big deal. Um, So the UK has got really, really super strict laws on guns. Um, I'm assuming that their hand grenade laws are pretty strict too. Um, But uh, the common consensus is that all of these weapons were brought into uh, into the country in an Iraqi diplomatic package. Because this was a time where kind of Iraq and Iran didn't hate each other's guts yet.
1: Um, I think
0: they did already. Yeah, not not as bad. But these guys weren't, these guys don't consider themselves Iranian. They're part of a separatist movement to get their itty-bitty fucking shitball chunk of Iran to be its own thing. And they that's called Arabistan. But they're also kind of like right on the border of Iraq, so they're probably getting some help.
1: Well, they didn't like each other. Because you
0: know, the Iraqis are like, hey. We'll feed guns to these fucking, I don't know, 65 dudes and they'll take the entire country over.
1: Because, I mean, by the end of the year, they're in a fucking war. Yeah, because Saddam Hussein's
0: kind of a fucking dummy.
1: Saddam Hussein wasn't around. In the 80s? And in, it in, wasn't in power in, in uh, 80. Yeah, he was. Not in 80. Yeah, he was, dude. He was totally in power in 1980. Because 10 years later,
0: we're in fucking, we were there drinking his milkshake and shit with night vision. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so with all their baggage in hand, they make their way to 16 Prince's Garden in Kings uh, in Knightsbridge, sorry. Um this address if you look it up is the Iranian Embassy. Uh so keep in mind these guys have received very very light training in the use of any of these firearms. Um because they weren't really expecting a gunfight because regular British street cops are unarmed. They got a stick and a whistle. So even if you know how to fucking hold a handgun, you don't even know how to like rack the slide to put around in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You got a better chance because like they're you just go, ha, I got a gun. and like, Oh fuck. I got a stick dude. And, uh, they're going to run away and their goofy little helmet's going to fall off and spin on the ground a bunch. Um,
1: we used to have that. What's that? We used to have our cops aren't armed.
0: Yeah. And now they get fucking military hand-me-downs. Um, so they get to the Albert Memorial and one of them goes ahead to the, like, just do a final real quick recon of the embassy. He returns a little bit later and tol- uh, tells everybody he counts 26 people inside. I'm not putting names to these guys because two of them have the same name and it just gets super fucking confusing. Um, It's not about being respectful or not wanting to give them credit. It's just not that important, and it's going to confuse things. Um, We are going to get some names here, but uh, it's not these assholes. Okay. So the signal's given, and the group rushes the door. The first hostage taken is police constable Trevor Locke, who's on duty outside the door. Because most of these embassies have a local police officer outside just basically running security, checking IDs of people when they go in all that. Um, so the ringleader of the group basically just walks up and jams a fucking pistol in his chest and forces him into the embassy, uh, throws him to the floor, and then everybody else floods in. Little did the hostage taker know that when uh, Constable Locke hit the floor, this gave him a chance as he's scrambling back to his feet to hit the little red emergency button on his radio. Hmm. You don't have to call anything in. You just hit that, and it sends a... Basically, it sends like an officer down signal, Mm -hmm. and they send the fucking cavalry, you know, and mini coopers and carrying sticks and shit. So within minutes, police from other embassies have now swarmed the outside of the building to clear the area. They finally get a negotiator uh, into contact with the leader, um, and this is where he gets his list of demands. The DRFLA members were from a region of Kuzistan, which is in Iran. And uh, they were in total opposition to the new government of the country. Mm. They want independence for Kuzistan. Uh They're demanding the release of 91 political prisoners being held by the Iranian government. The, uh, the negotiator thinks that this is something that he can kind of work with. Um, so he is like, okay, we'll see what we can do. I'm going to run it up the flagpole. And the leader of this group cuts him off and goes, you have until noon the following day or I'm going to start killing hostages. Negotiator looks at the, uh, you, know, you know, kind of takes all this in and uh, goes, I've got to get this to a higher up because I can't make this call. And it eventually lands on the desk of Margaret Thatcher, um, who, if you don't know who she was, she was the prime minister. Uh, mm-hmm. Also enemy of the Irish people for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after a quick meeting with her security council, 200 kilometers away, an alert bell starts ringing in possibly the most dangerous place in all of it, all of Britain. The SAS headquarters at RAF Hereford. The SAS were really nothing new. I mean, we've talked about a couple SAS guys here. Um, oh,
1: I thought that was... I thought it was gonna be ringing at MI six.
0: Nah, dude, fuck MI six. We're calling in the big. We're, we're calling Damn. in the big guns. Yeah,
1: you're fucking. They're
0: going. They're they're going for blood. Yeah, we're going hard in the fucking paint here. Fuck. <laughs> Maggie's like, ah, fuck James Bond. We need. Yeah. We need dudes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need goons. Is what we need. Yes. So, um, so the SAS at this point in time is still fairly unknown to the public. It's kind of like back in the 70s seventies 70s you know, like with the Navy SEALs. People didn't know they existed because not all of them had written a book about how they were the guy that shot Bin Laden yet. It wasn't a thing. This is when special forces were secret. <laughs> you know, we don't just fucking tote them around and be like, ah, look, look, we got fucking green berets and Delta guys falling out of our asses and, you know, hey, we'll throw some fucking Navy SEALs in. Nobody fucking knew about these guys. Yeah. And, uh, these guys are headed to London and they're not going for fucking tea and crumpets. I think now will be a very good time to take a quick break because it's about to get hot and heavy. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. So back to the scene. The negotiator makes a really smart move and says that uh, he, he's on the phone with the leader of this, this terrorist organization. And he tells him, he's like, listen, we're, I'm trying to work with you, but I got a really weird signal. I'm having a hard time hearing you. Yep. I'm not sure what's going on. We're going to bring in another phone. Okay. So what's going on is they have a couple of Playing close police officers going around the side of the building and scraping at the phone lines with knives to make it crackle and shit. And then they just go fuck it and just cut the lines.
1: <laughs> so we
0: bring in this big fuck off giant green army phone and have somebody wheel it right up to the door and you know, back away guy brings the whole thing in.
1: It takes four men and a little boy to carry. Yeah
0: it, it, it took fucking two guys to carry this phone in. It's, it's the size of a fucking
1: like a lawnmower engine. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is back when we made fucking huge ass phones Yeah, and bag phone was your best phone. Yeah.
0: So this fucker is huge. Okay. So the negotiators are now working in teams of three. So they've got three during the day and three at night. So they're They got three dudes working 12 hour shifts, taking turns answering the phone so that our bad guys aren't getting the same guy twice in a row.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it
0: kind of keeps them confused and on their toes so, yep. OK, one of the guys, uh, one of the guys said that talking to the leader was so draining that he couldn't talk to him on more than two consecutive phone calls because he was just demanding and screaming and just a giant. He's being a fucking Karen is what he's being, ah. you know. Um, so the neat trick that uh, they, they didn't tell these fellas is that the phone does something real special and that's it never shuts off. So even when they hang up, when damn, they damn, I
1: thought you were gonna say it turns into like a Autobot or something. Yeah, it's
0: fucking. Uh, fucking... Uh, which one? The tape deck there?
1: Uh, shockwave. Shockwave. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so what that means is when they set the receiver down, it's still transmitting out to the negotiator's phone. So it's set down, but we're still hearing everything. Okay. Uh-huh. So through what little surveillance they could <laughs> oh, do right. from.
1: Well, these stupid bastards don't know the fucking phones on these fucking <laughs>
0: gringos out here. <laughs> the fuck's a gringo? <laughs> I thought these guys were Middle Eastern. Them, <laughs> they're not Mexican. Um, so Whatever. through what, what little surveillance they could do from the outside, with you know binoculars, cameras, spotter scope, shit like that,
1: um, made up for it having a had to be made up for it having the open line. The, it helped. All so, the time. So you
0: can you combine all of this stuff, and it's for being 1980 it's pretty fucking good surveillance. Yeah. But they also had a fairly new technology for the time which were public CCTV cameras. So nowadays in London there is a CCTV camera for every 13 people uh, every 13 people in the city. With a, uh so for a city with almost 9 million people that equals out to 691,000 cameras in the city. Huh. Back then they didn't have that many. Um, but they did put them to the best of use that they could because a lot of these big public buildings like this have those closed circuit TV cameras Mm -hmm. so they can see, they can kind of see all four sides of the building from different cameras on different buildings. Can't really see in because it's basically being filmed on a fucking eight millimeter potato still,
1: um, Nakatomi building.
0: No, not quite.
1: Fucking YPK, motherfucker. John McClane, John McClane, had
0: got shit on the John we're about to talk about. Okay. Um, so with all these techniques, they're able to to determine that there are six gunmen and 25 hostages in the building. So our boy that went in and did surveillance overcounted. But I think he may have also been accounting for the officer outside.
1: So to be 26.
0: Well, no, because if there's 25 people inside and you're obviously going to drag this police officer and that makes 26 ah so okay Okay, so they they need to get closer or even inside and try to monitor the situation um and they have a a a decent idea as to how to do it the block of buildings 15 16 and 17 on prince's gate are this old heavy brick the walls are like two fucking feet thick because these are all buildings that are all connected to each other um and they're all like over 200 years old these are all buildings yeah yeah Which, I mean, for fucking England is like buying a house here that was built in 1950. Like, ah, it's fine. It's got knob and tube and shit, but who cares? It's fine. Um, So a very common building trait was that these older buildings all shared walls. Um, So the police sent teams into 15 and 17 to drill through the uh, two-foot-thick brick walls to to try to insert small microphones or cameras. So not too long after these teams started in with their hand drills, and we're, we're not talking like a fucking Milwaukee power drill. We're talking like an old hand drill with a handle and then a knob at the end and you turn it by hand kind of hand drill. Yeah. Because they have to be quiet. Okay. So that's what they're trying to do. So one of the gunmen notices the slow grinding and squealing from one of the walls. No shit. And, uh, believe it or not, you know, hostage situations usually a little like a lot quieter than they make it out to be in the movies because these people are scared shitless. They're not going to say anything that's going to get them shot. Oh.
1: Um
0: and honestly, the guys that have taken hostages here are also probably scared shitless, too, because I have no fucking clue what they're doing. Probably. You know? Yeah. Like, hey, we've got guns. <laughs> that's not going to matter so much, buddy. Um, so not a lot of chit chat going on. And uh You know, you don't want to get fucking blasted with a scorpion. You don't want to get fucking, you don't want your KD ratio fucked up by some dickhead with a scorpion and a thick mustache. Nobody wants that. Um, So the leader of this group asks uh, Sim Harris, who is a BBC employee that was actually at the embassy trying to get a work visa through Iran to go to Iran to cover what's going on there with the revolution for the BBC. So he's wrong place, wrong time. Um, so he asked this guy, he goes, he's like, did you hear that? What what the hell is this noise? You know? And he told him that he didn't, you know, he's like, I can't quite put a finger on it, but if you grab Trevor Locke, that constable, he'll probably be able to tell you exactly what that noise is. So this dude is fucking crafty. He's in a bad situation, but he's still thinking. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So... They're
1: going to shoot him before they shoot me, so... So
0: they... they yeah. No, so they, basi- they basically, dr- like, drag Constable Locke over and make him stand next to the wall, and they bring Sim, uh, Sim Harris over and make him stand next to the wall, but the guy had heard it. Yeah. And, uh... Trevor Locke is listening. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I hear that. And the guy's like, what is it? And he goes, it's rats. He goes, what the fuck are rats? So he has to explain to this man who is carrying a fucking handgun what rats and mice are because he has no idea what they are. He's like, Oh, they're just these little, you know, little critters that they get into these old buildings and they run around. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. Fucking buys it. Hook, line and sinker. Reeling them in. Okay. So it's rats. No. Um, <laughs> okay. So as the, as day one runs down to a close, um, the terrorist release, one of the hostages who was an Iranian woman that was pregnant, but she wasn't really pregnant. <laughs> so she's like oh shit dude i got a baby on the way and they're like ah get out of here you all right <laughs> they send her out the door you know we can't um,
1: kill a pregnant woman
0: so then the following day's deadline comes and goes wait was she wearing a was she wearing a burka no, no no she 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 worked at the embassy in london so she didn't have to dress like a fucking hefty bag she didn't have to dress like a christmas tree that's being stored in a shed somewhere
1: okay so they forgave her that, that yeah
0: time. Yeah, because okay. they weren't dressed like fucking, you know, ISIS terrorists either. They're in regular street clothes. Well, they don't have to. Well,
1: no, but they, they are dressed like regular fucking people in London. I know, but I'm saying they don't have to because they're males. They don't have to dress fucking, well, you know, any particular way. I mean, the thick mustache the fucking and fucking huge beards. The, and... the, the
0: thick mustache and the smell is usually enough. What's that? I don't know. I would assume shawarma. Shwarma? Falafel. I don't know what the fuck they
1: smell like. Probably not great though. Probably tastes pretty. Uh, Falafel, I heard is <clears throat> good. I don't know. Never had it. I heard it's good.
0: Oh, Greek food's good. It's not too far away from Middle Eastern food. I also had Indian food, so I think if you mix Indian and Greek, it's probably right around that area.
1: Uh, I think more Greek. <clears throat> Greek is more is more the same as uh, is is that because I hear I hear you know it's basically kind of like they have the same kind of foods.
0: Listen, you could put tzatziki on cat shit and i'd eat
1: it Ooh, I only it's eat. just
0: like a creamy cucumber sauce it's really good
1: really good um i've had it once i think
0: spanakopita fucking fantastic uh,
1: you, listen don't be using those fucking big words dude it's
0: spinach pie
1: uh, so you, you just lost no me. no no
0: it's like a quiche but then it has a crust over the top of it like a pie so it's like a quiche with spinach in it it's fantastic
1: a uh, little bit
0: of cheese with it oh yeah
1: well, I don't know. I'd probably I'd try don't it. Don't
0: try the frozen one. You've got to get, like, a
1: real... I'd probably try it's it. It's got to have
0: arm hair in it to make sure that it's really Greek. You
1: okay. Know? I'd try <clears throat> it. I'm not going to say I wouldn't try it. I'm, I would. It's good. Because I try most anything once. But anyway.
0: So the higher-ups in the government decide that they can't risk that the hostage takers are willing to avoid killing anyone in the next day or so. Because they've let the deadline pass, and they didn't shoot anybody. So now we don't really want to well, test them.
1: Listen, they don't tell time very well.
0: Well, I mean, they got clocks and shit, but like, we don't want to test them. They don't know what a
1: fucking rat is. So how can they, you know? I don't. On? They got
0: fucking sand dials or whatever, uh, sundials for watches or whatever. Goddamn cave people. Um, so, <laughs> so the call is now made to RAF here for it to be like, hey, so heard we already sent, a, like, we shot you guys a text, you didn't answer. So,
1: uh. were you out on <clears throat> mission or something? <laughs>
0: Some some dude in fucking, fucking uh, what is it uh ten Downing Streets? Like sent out a text like to like it's just like his thing just says here for it's like yo you up? <laughs> Are you booty calling the SAS? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So they make the call and then you know the coach comes in from Ten Downing Street and he calls for the righty out of the bullpen,
1: uh-huh. bringing in the closer. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> so on May first. Small groups of hard looking men start showing up and walking around the streets in the area. Um, and they end up going into 14 Prince's Gate to a room that's been reserved for them to have a little meeting. These are members of the 22nd SAS. Um, uh, and they're fucking squared away big time. They've got all their weapons and kit with them already. They bring all their own personal shit in a like in duffel bags and backpacks. Um, so they had a team on standby at all times in case shit decides to go sideways. Um, and they're, they're two doors down from the embassy. They don't want them right next door because that looks a little weird.
1: Because uh-huh.
0: that area is kind of locked off. And, you know, if one of these fucking dudes sticks his head out a window and he sees all these guys with fucking crew cuts walking down the street and he's like, that eh, looks a little weird to me, you know, it be like, you know, the. Remember the, the the Boston Marathon bombing with all those guys with the Punisher hats and the backpacks that happened to blow up?
1: Yeah, it, it'd be kind of like that. Ah, you know. Okay, uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Except it
0: wouldn't ruin a fucking Red Sox game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they again they had a team on standby all twenty four seven here basically. If a single gunshot was heard from the building uh, from the building two doors down, they would be armed and ready to fight in less than two minutes. That's fucking impressive, okay? It is. So two minutes is a lifetime in a gunfight, but when you have literally the best, the, the fucking best special forces on the island, two doors down, your chances of survival are a little bit better. So for the most part, uh, IAP, which is the immediate action plan, was to just straight up assault the building from the front on the ground floor. We're going to kick the fucking door in, we're going to go in, we're going to shoot these guys in the mustaches, and we're going to leave everybody's Mm. happy um here's a quote from uh one of our SAS guys here you've got no idea what's inside you might be going through the wall or a door through a window or through the roof you just deal with whatever you find inside Uh, that was a quote from John McAleese who is uh one of the team leaders for the 22nd SAS um in an interview that I watched with him oh um John McAleese is also the basis for Captain fucking Price from the Call of Duty franchise. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, we're okay. talking the mutton chops, the cigar, the whole nine fucking yards. He is Captain Price. Okay. Hold up. Before we go too far, I will, I will show you a picture of this dude. He's Captain Price. Okay. <laughs> uh, hold on. Here's a, here's a better one, I think, actually. Right there. He's Captain Price.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Like, you, you could picture him, like, in the middle of an interview just going, Soap. <laughs> like, oh, shit! It's him! <laughs> yes. Um, so all the planning had to change when, at one point, one of the bad guys walks past a window, just twirling a fucking grenade on the pin, like fucking Clint Eastwood or some shit, you know? Um, so the SAS were willing to take their chance against, you know, some Iranian cowboys with pistols and machine guns, but they were... Not as excited seeing that explosives are now in the mix. It makes things a little more complicated. So the Soviet RGD hand grenade, they're really not something that that anybody in this situation wants to use or have used. Um, because they are, uh, I think it was Deadliest Warrior that, that they did like the fucking Spetsnaz versus somebody and they tested those. Those grenades are are, are gnarly. Like they've got a fucking huge kill radius. They're shooting uh-huh. chunks of metal and shit all over the place. Not something you want touched off in a small enclosed space with a bunch of people that don't need to be there. Um. So now the idea is to quick rush through the front door is gone. It's time to get a little bit more sassy. Um, which I just realized, if I were to spell that, I think it's sassy. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah, the SAS is going to get sassy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so, except Patty Main, you know, who a gentleman that we've talked about, he was uh, he's very straightforward. You now, now the plan is to break into four man teams and designate areas that would be good to make entry from. The men would sneak off in the in their four man teams to a nearby warehouse that had a semi crude mock up of different uh, different floors of the embassy. That had just been thrown together by another I don't know if they were SAS or if they were just like uh maybe like Royal Marines or somebody that came in with them, but they got a hold of the plans for the embassy and they mocked up all these different rooms. Yeah. From the embassy so they can, you know, practice making entry and clearing where people are gonna be. It's the kill ship from fucking modern warfare. You know, where you gotta you gotta run through it and be be through it in sixty seconds or some shit like that. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yep. um so, I mean, and these, th- these rooms are all fully furnished and everything. Um, and the weapon of choice for the SAS, especially in situations like this is possibly the best submachine gun that humans or any other kind of apes have ever created. And that's the Heckler and Coke MP5. That is a absolutely beautiful firearm. One of my shortlist, like bucket list guns that I want, um, and uh, I've, I've wanted one since I was a kid. They're fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, but th- I guess I've heard that a lot of the um, beginning stuff with it wasn't so great.
0: Well, yeah, the early development of it, that's the same with anything. Look at the M16. The thing was a piece of shit the first, like, three or four years we used them in Vietnam.
1: Well, I'm talking, like, uh, I was listening to, um, uh, fuck, uh, Oh goddamn! What's his name? Like we covered him in. Episode. I covered him an episode. Um. Anyway, it, GRB. Um, they were talking about it, saying you know hey, were some of the older guys talking about the old guys talking about it how, you know, they wish that this or this, and they're like we didn't really like it, and then all of a sudden they got their hands on the MP7, you know, and MP7 was. It was good, but, you know, made a little, a few, little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, which made it better.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I like my I like the MP5s. I think they're fucking awesome. Um, it's chambered in nine millimeter different firing options. You got semi-automatic, which is what no matter what fucking movies or TV shows show you. The military and special forces shit like that use semi-automatic ninety percent of the time, yeah. unless you're on a fucking belt-fed machine gun. Or you're running semi-automatic. They use semi-auto
1: or they use uh, right. burst.
0: So this has full auto, semi, or the three-round burst, which is probably the second most common usage. Would be a three-run. unless round.
1: you're on a, a just a big gun and right. You then know, you're just you're fucking on a sixty, and you're just fucking lane laying...
0: accuracy by volume is the the term yeah. for something like that. Um, so, the, I mean, this thing can fire 700 rounds a minute at, you know, and uh, or, you know, according to the people that write gun laws in our country, it's 700 rounds all at the same time in different of directions. Of course. You know, without reloading because it's yeah. fully semi-automatic. Oh,
1: well, yes.
0: Ghost gun. Ghost gun. Ghost gun. Yep. Yeah. So the only thing <sighs> the only thing I find a little weird about their setup is when I was looking at pictures, they've got these giant fucking mag lights attached to the top of them. Like state police style mag light. Like yeah. the one you could beat a motherfucker to death with. Yeah. Um, and this like it's just attached to the top where your like where your optic would be on it. Mm-hmm. So you can't use your fucking sights because this thing is laying right in the middle of them.
1: Because they probably didn't use the sights. You don't
0: have to when you're this good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this fucking eight billion candle power flashlight like the cut like you have to have a car battery in your backpack to run the flashlight. Yeah, <laughs> you know one of those big fuckers. So now we're four days into the situation, and uh, the gunmen have released more hostages. So now there's 23 left in the embassy. Okay. Little, did, little do these goofs know at this point in time, the SAS are making final plans and prepping for the assault. The new plan is to make simultaneous love to the embassy and the douche lords inside from three different points.
1: <laughs> the douche lords.
0: <laughs> so we're going to. Uh, in British fashion, of course, we're going to come in from the back garden,
1: ah. or you know,
0: for the rest of us, the back entrance, the backyard, uh-huh. you know. Um, and then we'd have two teams DP the second floor from balconies, where they're going to repel from the roof down to these balconies, and then just fucking kick the you know, kick the windows in, and you know, make good terrorists.
1: Dead terrorists. Uh,
0: yes. So McAleese's team would hit the front of the building from the top down to the balcony. Um, and again, plans change. Instead of being able to just hit the balcony and smash through the windows with sledgehammers, they now need an alternative. Okay. Because further intel has shown that when the wind's moving, because there's like drapes and there's like a little bit of a breeze in the building. So they're watching this window and they're realizing that it's barricaded. It's, like, uh, it's got like metal security gate in it. So, you can't just smash the window and climb through because there's a gate there. Mm. So, now we get this cool little gizmo called a frame charge. So, basically, think back to being a kid and, you know, making like big fat snakes out of Play Doh. Uh
1: huh.
0: Okay. Except substitute Play Doh for Semtex and roll it into a coil and tape it to a wooden frame. Oh. <laughs> and then you sit that bitch against the window. And you just blow the dog shit out of the glass and anything in behind it. <laughs> okay.
1: We're gonna have fun
0: tonight. So at the back door, uh, the back door main floor entrance, Robin Horsefall and his team have the same plan but on a door instead of a window. Because mm-hmm. they don't have a window there, they have a door. Mm-hmm. And I mean there's a window to the side of it, but why would you fucking blow out a window and then have to climb through the goddamn thing? When you could just blow a door off the hinges, go in and, you know, shoot guys in the head. True. Um, so the team is, uh, so the team that was to repel to the back balcony was right above the back entry team. So they've got a 40 foot drop from the roof down to the balcony. The fifth day of the siege, things are starting to get a little tense inside. Hostages have barely eaten. Um, so like the, the police have been bringing carts of food Uh up to the door and The hostage takers are bringing it in. They're eating first, and then the hostages are getting whatever's left over. You know? Um, The gunmen are starting to get pissy because none of their demands are being met. And one guy in particular is being a little fucking extra. Uh, Mustafa Karkuti, who is a a fluent-speaking... He just sounds like an asshole.
1: Well, he's got a name. So keep that in mind. Um, I don't care. He just sounds like an asshole. So, I mean, that, he... that, na- that first name of Mustafa. Just... It's spelled with a P, though. I don't
0: care. It just sounds like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so
1: he's uh, he's surprisingly fluent
0: in Arabic. No uh, shit. In English. Uh, <laughs> um, so he becomes somewhat of a mediator between the police and the terrorists, and he's also kind of keeping the, uh, the non-Arab speakers up to date on the new plan to kill everybody. Aha. Uh-huh. So probably not the best thing to hear in a situation like this. Uh, to have a, a stranger that you've known for a few days that you've you you've been forced to become friends with it. He's like, "Hey, pst, they're gonna fucking kill us." <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> he looks at his arm and he goes, "Because I'm a and dummy. I can speak it." <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um, after playing the middleman for almost this entire thing, Carcudi is being released by the terrorists and that's because he's in the very very early stages of having a nervous breakdown um to the point that he thought he was going to have a heart attack when they let him out
1: pussy i mean did i say that loud? um
0: so this is great for mustafa but not great for the tw- uh 21 remaining hostages uh-huh. because the man that can kind of keep them updated on what's going on poof gone into uh, the fucking wind you okay
1: know? i take that back he's not an asshole he,
0: he wasn't he was a good dude yeah Day six is the worst to date. At this point, the uh, at this hmm, at this point, the hostages are barely speaking to each other or the gunmen because they are fucking exhausted. They're hungry. Probably just like just fucking kill me. I don't care. Um, so things start getting a little hot between the the second in command and some of the Iranian hostages in the embassy. Uh, particularly a man, twenty nine year old man, uh, named Abbas. Lavasani, pronounced that right? I'm pretty sure. Who was an ardent supporter of uh, of the Ayatollah, and he starts talking shit to the gunmen. <laughs> okay. okay. He's very upfront about his support for the new government, and he tells them um, that if they had a set of balls between them, they'd do something about it. Um, he made the mistake of telling them, "Quote, I'm willing to die for my cause. Or are you willing to die for yours?" So the second-in-command picked him up by the hair, uh, up to his feet, forced him to another room, and while all this is happening, Sim Harris and uh, Trevor Locke get on the police phone because the hostage takers handed them the phone. Um, and uh, start. They're talking to the negotiator, and they're like, uh, this guy Le- Levisani is he's talking shit, and uh, they're going to shoot him. So according to Trevor Locke, while he's on the phone, the negotiator says, quote, try to do something and stop them. Which, you know, may have been a little tone deaf. Like, (laughs) the fuck you want me to do? Like, the fuck you say? (laughs) You whip my dick out and hit him with it? Like, um, Constable Locke said in an interview, quote, I then heard bang and a groan. Then, bang, bang. A shot followed by a groan and immediately two more shots. I hadn't seen it. But I had heard a classic execution. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture David Attenborough like walking you through that. Yes, it was a classic execution. Um, so the police outside heard the gunshots too, and they sprung into action immediately by waiting five goddamn hours to call and see what had happened. Ah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, immediate yeah. action. Yeah, that's five action. hours
0: later. Hey. Um, So at 6.50 p.m., Lavasani's body is pushed out the front door of the embassy. Armed police, somehow they found fucking armed police all of a sudden, Uh provide cover, and two men go up to the door and they kind of roll him into a litter and try to get his body out. Um, One of them tried to stop to do CPR, which, I mean, he's been shot three fucking times, twice in the head, uh, and it was five or six hours before, so they're probably not going to have a very successful uh, life-saving uh, operation So what here.
1: you're trying to tell me, there's a chance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude's been dead for fucking six hours. You're like, doing chest compressions. You son of a bitch. Don't <laughs> die on me. You can't have him yet, you fucker. You're doing, you're staying alive. Uh, 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 uh. That's the rhythm you're supposed Claire. to Clear. That's the rhythm you're supposed to do CPR for. Yeah. He's fucking like turned gray, and he's all fucked up. Guy just stands up, and he goes... Call it. Throws the curtain, the sheet back <laughs> over him. Dude, you're a fucking banker. Why are you even touching him? I don't know.
1: I always just wanted to say that. Why'd um, you even try? I knew. I knew he was dead a long time ago. Well, Motherfucker's
0: <laughs> been dead for half a day. How, why'd you see something?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It felt I'm like I'm not a, a doctor. No shit. I, w- I, I but <clears throat> you. Uh, but you do play one on TV. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I also wanted to watch and see if you know you could get him come come back. You know the whole Jesus thing. You know, I was like... Ooh. I don't know if
0: Jesus is going to help an Iranian Muslim, though. No, 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 no. I'm just trying oh. to see
1: if, you know, he would, you know, bring him right back oh, like yeah. Jesus, you know? Hey.
0: <laughs> I think Jesus and zombie rules both apply. You shoot him in the head, destroy the brain, uh, and it doesn't come back. Uh, Which is where the Romans fucked up if they just popped him in the skull instead. True.
1: They stab, Game over. They stabbed him through the fucking, yeah. you know, the heart.
0: No, they got him in the side to release the pressure. Get him in the uh, lung. Yeah,
1: but they put him into the heart. No, yeah. it was
0: the lung to release the, the fluid because he was drowning.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, they fucking stabbed him to go, like, up into the...
0: Yeah, but it didn't hit his heart. It was just his lungs to release the fluid. I mean, he was and dead. then George Patton got a hold of the spear that did that and died. Because that's what happens with the spear uh, of destiny.
1: Well, he drowned to death. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but
0: because he, he had the thing in the vehicle with him, and you're not supposed to carry No, it no, I was talking you. about Jesus. Oh, well, yeah.
1: hanging there. I mean, he wasn't the only <clears> one to <throat> die from that. A lot of people were.
0: So, down at number 14, the men of 22nd SAS are gearing up, checking MP5s, sliding uh, Browning high-power 9mm, also fucking great handguns, Mm. into thigh holsters, and getting ready to send these turds to meet their maker. Uh Uh-huh. After receiving a call at about 7pm, the police commander on scene hands over the reins to the military,
1: and shit is about to get spicy. Have they finally made the the point where they're like, listen, we can run this, and we can run it well, and... We got it down. Yes. So they made that call. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the call was like, hey, do you got it? Yeah? Well, let's go, mates. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you guys ready yet? Like, motherfucker, we've been ready for two days. We've been waiting for you to call us. We've been just fucking doing coke and staying awake for like 48 hours at a time. We're ready to roll. Oh. Okay.
1: Coke and mess and...
0: I don't know if they. I don't know if they let special forces guys do coke. Like, Whatever. I mean, you probably should force them to. It's fucking eighties. <laughs> they probably did that. It's the eighties in London. Yeah, they were probably doing coke. Yeah, I mean, London's John, John McAleese had a fucking great mustache for carrying it all too.
1: They were listening to like, you know, fucking, ass, yeah, weird shit.
0: Imagine these guys just, like, listening to the Beatles and cleaning guns and shit. They'd be so off-putting to watch. <laughs> Come together. <laughs>
1: what would be worse if <laughs> they listening listen to fucking John Denver? Ugh.
0: No, they're probably listening to the Rolling Stones. Actually, the 80s, these are dudes in their 20s. They very well could have been listening to some old Black Sabbath. Like fucking War Pigs or something, just putting on grease paint.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. Or listen to ACDC. I'd do that
0: now. ACDC's Australian. They don't to... give
1: a shit about ACDC. They're listening to ACDC. Eh. Come on now. You
0: got Led Zeppelin and fucking Pink Floyd and all those guys just down the road. You don't give a fuck about ACDC. <sighs> They'd be like, yeah, dude, I, I know that all these Navy SEALs are just getting geared up listening to Nickelback. Yeah, okay. Fuck you, they are. <laughs>
1: well, they also have other stuff, too. Anyway, so, so they're, getting their, they're getting their shit on yeah. getting ready to fucking rock and roll. They're, they're, like, got their fucking war paint, you know. Fucking. Well,
0: we don't have war paint, but we have large black-clad men wearing gas masks getting into position on the roof oh, and out well. back.
1: Well, you know one of them's got the fucking black face paint on. You know, he's got the fucking, the, the eyeliner. Did the, you
0: play, you played Rainbow Six Siege, right? Yes. Remember Sledge, the big fucker yes. with the gas mask? Picture him. But, yeah. like, 12 of them.
1: But I'm saying, underneath it, you ah. know one of them's got the fucking, They're like he's like, and he fucking... Like, took his fingers and pulled I it I doubt down. that, dude. Come on, shut up! <laughs> Go
0: with it! So... So the police negotiator now has one final task. He needs to keep the leader of the terrorists on the line and busy while these guys are getting into position. So, uh, did you say you like baklava? A Virgo, you say.
1: A Virgo? <laughs> um, it, it's in retrograde right now. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I saw this Mercury's in my colon? I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> Listen... Uh, I was just reading about this the other day. <laughs>
0: Man, if I could just touch your hands, I could give tell you, like, read you your future so hard. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I can read it through the phone. Yeah, put your put your hand against the receiver. Let me smell it. <laughs> Wait, Wait, hold what? on. What? <laughs> You're getting fucking weird, dude. I'm going to hang up now. No, 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 no. 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 I, oh, I, I can do this. Trust me. No, I can bring in a phone sex operator. What? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that.
1: You want a handgun dealer? What? <laughs>
0: You want an arms dealer? I heard the U.S. is really good at giving them back for absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, we did get a seven-foot-tall woman out of it, so I mean.
1: Come on, I'm trying here. Don't hang up on me.
0: And I'm up for a good freak of nature, but, like, probably shouldn't have given back a guy that's now actively selling guns to everyone and their fucking brother. But, I mean, if you guys know, like, his phone number or anything,
1: brother DM up. me. <laughs>
0: Remember, I was talking about wanting an MP5. I'm pretty sure he homie mean, can hook me up.
1: He doesn't mean that, CIA. <laughs>
0: I'll pay taxes on it. It's fine. I <laughs> don't give a shit. Um, okay, so, so after he speaks to the leader at length about some very complicated and convoluted planning on getting the gunmen and hostages all to Heathrow, which is the big-ass airport in London, uh-huh. um, he asks to speak to Sim Harris. He tells Harris to tell the terrorists that part of the plan is that they're going to get a double-decker bus and they're going to bring that in. But Trevor Locke has to drive it because he's the only one with a British driver's license, apparently. Not the, but I mean, it doesn't qualify you to drive a bus that's fucking 18 feet tall. But they don't whatever. know that. You know. So Locke is pissed, having heard all of this, thinking that the fucking police have now given in to the demands. And they're just going to hand these guys over. And he fucking after talking to the guy apparently slammed the phone back into the chest of the terrorist leader and went, I'm done and walked away because he was pissed. He's like, these fucking guys just gave us up for nothing for these assholes. He has no idea. Shit's about to get real. (laughs) Okay. As this conversation's going on, there's TV cameras that have been outside for the last six days And they're now getting their first look at one of the most elite military units, not in Europe, but in the fucking world Mm -hmm. overall. Like the SAS are top three when it comes to like, we're going to go in, fuck shit up and come out. And you guys are never going to know we're even there. Yeah, they're like top three. So these TV cameras are now catching, like now capturing scary men in black crawling all over the roof of this building like giant ants. And the negotiator can also see them as he's trying to keep the dude on the phone busy. So he's watching this whole thing going on on the phone, and he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's awesome. Uh-huh. Wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> um, so they hook up to the ropes, and they start to descend down the side of the building. And the leader hears what he calls over the phone, quote, suspicious movements because there's an audio clip of him talking to the negotiator He goes there's something suspicious going on there's suspicious movements and then uh tells the negotiator that he's gonna go check it and the negotiator's like no 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 no, no, no. it's nothing man it's it's nothing it's fucking rats again just anything he knew to keep him on the phone and this time it doesn't work and he hangs the phone up mm. at 7 23 John McAleese and his team blast the window and make entry and start putting rounds on target. On the back side of the building, things are not going as planned. Um, Robert uh, Horsfall's team is under the balcony where they were supposed to be at that back entrance. Um, And he looked up to see one of the guys from the back entry team to the balcony just fucking swinging around. Because as he was rappelling down, his gear had gotten all twisted Whee! up in the rope. Oh, yeah. wee, Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's swinging uncontrollably around in front of a window. Soldier,
1: what do you think you're doing?
0: Um, the back balcony team makes entry. Um, and bef- before they go in, they chuck a whole shitload of stun grenades in. Okay. One of them goes off a little bit
1: too soon. This little... this little flash grenade this little light of mine I'm gonna make it shine Uh, (laughs) this little flash bang goes to
0: market this little flash bang (laughs) so unfortunately one of these stun grenades bounced off the leg of a table rolled back towards the window and exploded there and set the curtains on fire oh the curtains where this man is dangling in front of okay so he is doing his damnedest to keep himself from fucking catching fire um, so the, the rest of the guys above him are like, we have to cut him loose. But as he's going back towards the building, they, <clears throat> they're watching him put his foot against it and push himself away to stay away from the fire.
1: This man is on fire.
0: So they're starting to cut the rope and they have to time it right mm. so that they catch him on the inswing. So uh-huh. he only drops about eight feet. Wait for it. Oh shit. You missed Roger. Instead <laughs> of catching him on the outswing where he drops 45 feet uh. onto fucking concrete. Wait for it. Ready? Go. So, they do get it. They nail it pretty well. Um, he does fall about 10 feet and land flat on his back on the balcony. Um, but that that kind of, again, that beats the, uh, the 40-foot drop with a very squishy stop on pavement below. Huh. Um, but uh, this fucking guy got up and he apparently had third degree burns from the waist down Ouch. and made fucking entry into the building. These guys don't play around. Like his fucking skin is falling off his legs. And he's like, no fucking save some for me. You know, <laughs> he's like, "Ain't nothing. Yeah.
1: I eat, I eat third degree burns for breakfast. Yeah. Fuck it. Whatever.
0: Yeah I, yeah. I can feel my bones touching fucking cotton. I don't it's give nothing. a shit. Don't worry
1: about it. I ain't no bitch. <laughs> Listen, uh, I can do this in my sleep. Ha.
0: So things aren't going good on the ground entry either. Um, I'm going to
1: get treatment for this
0: later. So Horsefall's team's having issues with the explosives um, where they can't get them to stick without them, you know. So they had it stuck to the door, and his, <laughs> so his, his number two is getting ready to detonate it. So what they did is they, they put it on like a cardboard sheet so it would keep shape, and then they would press it against the door. So it, and it would kind of stick to the door long enough that you could touch it off and get in. Um, so as his as his number two is on the fucking clacker, getting ready to blow this thing up, it falls off the door. And if they touch it off like that, they're going to kill themselves.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and there's no respawn. Like, you, you can't just frag your entire fucking team and then just respawn at a different Connex box and take off and, uh, you know, it's not how it works. No. Um, so... Horford second says "fuck it" and just smashes the door in with a sledgehammer. Just beats this door off the off the the hinges and goes in. Um, uh, but, but, but. so they had to make entry as quick as possible because uh, they wanted to keep the element of surprise. Even though this man has just blasted a goddamn door off the hinges with a sledgehammer, not the most subtle thing in the world. Um, because I mean it's like a twenty pound sledgehammer and you just. Fucking knocked a door handle in like a polo ball. Um, so by this point, the bad guys are hearing things going on downstairs, hearing things going on upstairs, and uh, having the ground team make entry would kind of catch them in a little bit of a cr- uh, like a little bit of a crossfire. Where as these guys are trying to get to the stairs, these guys can come in and fucking shoot them in the back and put this thing to bed fairly quickly. So uh, McAleese and his team hit one room on the first floor. Um, so the way it's set up, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know if it's a British thing or if it's like a government building thing. The first floor is not the ground floor. That's the ground floor. And then the next floor up is the first floor, which is where the repelling teams are making entries on the first floor, quote unquote, even though it's technically the second floor. Because the ground floor doesn't count as a floor, I guess. So so they hit this one room, and here they find Sim Harris, who's being just... Get, he's getting his shit rocked with just smoke and noise. These are not people that are used to hearing automatic gunfire all over the place. You know, they're not teachers in the United States. Um, so they bring him out to the balcony where. the Like the balcony where they'd made entry and they're like, stay right here. OK, cool. So Harris is now having shit falling on top of him from where they blew this fucking window in. He's got burning debris and fire falling on top of him. Um, McAleese hears him yelling and then brings him back inside, brings him to the next room, and then puts him in an unoccupied office. So he's like, shit, I shouldn't have left him out there with all the stuff on fire. My bad. <laughs> brings him back in. Uh, so all three SAS teams are now inside and hunting. With the situation becoming worse and worse, the men had to fall back onto a piece of their training that most guys I assume would rather not use. It's called instinctive shooting. So basically instead of taking the second when you have your weapon shouldered to come all the way up and aim, like put your sights where they need to be, they're basically just look, fire, look, fire. You have that thing shouldered and wherever you're turning, you're shooting. So they're not even bringing it all the way up to get good sight picture on what they're shooting at. They are just fucking shooting people. Um. So, you know, you see the target, you press the weapon for bang. You know, and these guys have to make good shots because there is a bunch of innocent people that don't need to get killed. Not spray and pray like in the movies, or accuracy of by volume. This is, you know, muscle memory, reaction time, and very, very, very good goddamn training. So this is a good time to mention a couple of things I didn't do before. Um, so as part of the SAS preparation for this whole thing, they memorized the faces of everyone inside the building. Good guy, bad guy, doesn't matter. Hostile, hostage, we know who the fuck everybody is. Said so these pictures from government IDs, you know, driver's licenses for the Brits, um, visa pictures for the foreign hostages and bad guys. Because the bad guys, when they got in there, told the negotiator who they all were. Mm. And they're all there on visas because they have to have a visa to be in the country. Yeah. And you have to have a picture with your visa and your fucking passport. So kind of defeats the purpose of trying to be sneaky when you basically tell them who you are, what size fucking shoes you wear, and what you had for lunch the day before you did this.
1: They're polite. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the other thing is, remember the whole thing with the phone where you, it hangs up, but it, you can still hear everything? The negotiator teams outside are hearing everything going on. Uh, explosives, gunshots, screaming all of it they're hearing the whole fucking thing
1: die motherfucker die you you
0: imagine just like this very very fucking proper British police officer just going my word oh fucking monocle falls off into his teacup or some shit um so a guy that's not drinking tea John McAleese his team get that son (laughs) son of a bitch they burst into a room and immediately recognize police constable Trevor Locke and yell to him to move because he is standing directly next to the ringleader um Trevor had this to say, I saw the door fly open and I heard, Trevor, the voice spoke my name like he had known me my whole life. Trevor, Trevor, get out of the way. He continues, it wasn't a situation of shall I, shan't I, you would, you shot, you instantly respond to the command. Then I heard the shots. <laughs> oh boy. I looked at him and saw a trail of bullets winding across his face and upper body the
1: hell, he's probably saying. I
0: was having a hard time breathing until I got to the window and leant out and took the biggest lungful of air of my life. So he just watched this man get fucking basically cut in half with nine millimeter rounds and was like, oh, my, <laughs> uh, I'm feeling faint, you know. Uh, so during the room entry, the gunman freaked out and opened fire, killing one hostage and injuring two more. Uh, the remaining 19 hostages are all wrangled up and uh, four of the six gunmen are dead. Situation's still a little hot because the SAS know we still got two bad guys in the building. Not cool. Because we've cleared everything. Where the fuck are these guys? With the fire starting to spread, they, uh, they start extracting the hostages and force them down the stairs. As people are passing by, John McAleese kept, uh, catches a glimpse of a face that doesn't belong in the, cr- in the group. One of the gunmen had blended in with the hostages and is now rushing down the stairs. You can't see me. As he passed Macalise, he realized that he's got a grenade in his hand. This is our fucking cowboy with a with a Soviet grenade that he's spinning around like a fucking old timey revolver. Surprise,
1: motherfuckers!
0: Well, <laughs> oh, you want a surprise? Not being able to safely shoot the prick without hitting one of his own, um, or hitting one of the other, S- or one of the hostages. One of the SAS men. Butt strokes him in the side of the head with his MP5. Ow. The terrorist keeps going until another member got a boot into him and sent him ass over tea kettle down the rest of the stairs. And he falls right at the feet of Robin horsefall. Um, horsefall, you know, helped him back up to his feet and kicked the grenade out of it. No, 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 no. He shot that piece of shit a whole bunch of times in the head and chest and then kicked the grenade out of the way. Um, thankfully the grenade, the, the pin had not been pulled in, in the process. Um, the Part of the interview that I saw with Horsefall, he said, I don't know how many times I shot him, but I know I shot him a few. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. So it, it's things like that that people say where you go, he's not lying. He, he, he fucking shot this dude like an ass load. He probably had to reload afterwards. Probably. <laughs> 30-round magazine. I'm going to reload just to make sure. He's um, not
1: quite dead yet. Yeah.
0: Well, he's very, very dead. He's standing in line of the 72 Virgin Factory as we speak, actually. So within a few seconds... The hostages are all face down and handcuffed in the front garden, front lawn, out in the grass. um, And they're being verified one at a time with a flip file of pictures. When they get to Sim Harris, they roll him over. So basically they're laying, they're all laying down on their faces handcuffed and they're grabbing them, grabbing people by the shoulder, rolling them over, verifying their, their face against these note cards, rolling them back over. Okay, you're cool. So, Harris looks to his left and starts fucking screaming. And they're like, what's going on? Um, He recognized that the man that is handcuffed face down next to him is one of the terrorists and starts yelling for help like a fucking narc. (laughs) Uh, SAS come over and they hoist his ass up, check his face and go, "Uh, he's not on the list. We're going to have to kick him out. Um, And uh, they took him off. He would later be in prison for life. Don't know where they didn't go that far. So he's probably been participating in water sports since the early 80s. Um, All in all, two of the hostages would have been uh, have been killed. Five of the six terrorists have been completely deleted from the situation with another one. uh, Probably in the fucking Tower of London, having his fingernails pulled out by a horse, or whatever the fuck Mm. they do. Um, So considering how things could have gone, this is considered an unprecedented success. Not too shabby, you know. We didn't kill anybody. Only two people died. <laughs> you know, we got all the bad guys. So, True. The only thing that came up as a little controversial, controversial was reports that uh, two of the terrorists had been killed when they were unarmed. So nobody really knows where these, like, um, where this report came from. It's not real clear. And to be honest, who gives a shit? You know, they, they took hostages. They're just as guilty as if as the guys that had fucking guns. Yeah. You know, um, so the home secretary wanted to bring the men responsible for the rescue to the public fucking ticker tape parades and all this bullshit. And uh, the SAS commander tells him that uh, that's not what we're about. That's not going to happen. We're not doing this. Um, these guys were never even unmasked until they were in their vans and out of town. They drove out of fucking town in these giant white panel vans in gas masks in full rig. Like, nobody needs to know who we are. So these guys weren't even allowed to talk about this until they were all retired. Yeah. So, um, so they get back to Hereford, um, and that's basically the end of that. So this would become known as Operation Nimrod. Um, and the way it unfolded, Made it really clear that when it comes to rescuing hostages and putting bullets in bad guys efficiently and effectively, the SAS are second to none in Europe. There have been some other situations like this that didn't really end so hot. Um, Like one that I really want to cover, which is the the Moscow Theater quote-unquote rescue, where a pile of Chechen rebels took hostages and Spetsnaz operators just fucking bungled the entire thing and ended up killing like 170 people in an opera house. Mm. But they got their guys, you know. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's Operation Nimrod or the uh, Iranian embassy siege. Nice. That was a lot of fucking fun. I like that one. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Something
1: so, I didn't know anything about. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's cool. And uh, honestly, <laughs> it's going to sound fucking stupid. What really inspired this was like, We've been playing Call of Duty a lot. Uh huh. And like the last one had a bunch of like operators in it that were based on real people. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I wonder if any of these other guys are. They have to be. Have to be. And I was looking at them like, what wonder if Captain Price is based on somebody real. And then there's like fucking 50 articles. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. Then I'm looking into him, and I'm like, okay, he did shit in the Falklands. He did shit in Ireland. What the hell is this? Oh, shit, that's cool. And I just dove into it. Hmm. Um, that's so cool. yeah. And I mean, if you like this, go over to Patreon because we're about to cover some other interesting shit for
1: Patreon. Yeah, go over to Patreon.com forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. Yes, and yes. you can so pay. Proud of you Shut up. No, seriously, <laughs> you nailed it, man. You can pay five dollars a month and get free content. It'll be four episodes a month that you get, and the we have a back
0: donation of five dollars,
1: and we have a back catalog. <laughs> Uh, also go on over to studio.com check them out. Uh, they have your you know possibly finding your next pair of headphones no, or earbuds you will. Uh, and you can buy a Bluetooth speaker. sometimes they even have specials where you can get speaker and headphones together. Ran, that
0: was a really good one they ran last Christmas. I'm kind of bummed I missed out on it
1: yeah um, and then whatever you find, put it in your basket. Go to check out and put the promo code of Dark Windows fifteen in to get fifteen percent off your entire purchase. Also do your social media stuff. Go on over to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Mostly Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh Facebook Dark Windows Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, Dark Windows Pod. Yeah. Uh rate s- review and subscribe wherever yes. you can. It helps. And listen to the full fucking episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the ads. Like, yeah. I know it sucks, but it helps us tune the fuck out if you have to yeah it's like yeah it's like i don't know 90 seconds total for all of them just space out just don't fast forward
1: and seriously uh, it helps um, yeah and oh, man tell everybody week. had a new uh, had a good uh, holiday yeah H- good christmas um and uh well th- unless new you
0: celebrate hanukkah then i hope your christmas sucked but your hanukkah was fantastic yes
1: <laughs> um and well happy new year yeah because new year's shit is this is the out. last one for the year yes it is yeah and hey i'm gonna say this thank you for uh the over seventy thousand downloads yeah we thank we you for our, being a friend yes we broke uh, down
0: the road and back again
1: <laughs> your heart is true power and a confidant
0: god damn right um <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we uh, party we lost, anyway. we we lost queen betty this year too so oh,
1: yeah uh but sad times you know, we broke our uh, record for you know most for downloads. You know, we're at seventy thousand.
0: Yeah, which is pretty darn good. And eh, for us, it's good. Yeah, for like successful shows, that's nothing. That's like that's a month. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, oh, dude, there's shows out there that get seventy thousand downloads every time they upload an episode, like the day of. Maybe when we're
1: big boys, uh, we'll we'll get there.
0: I mean, we're two hundred and fifty episodes in. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> that's true. You know. We'll oh see. well. We'll see. We'll see where the road takes us, you know.
1: All right, well, till next year.
0: Yeah, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you. Bye. See ya.